Welcome to the Soul Summit Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Levesque. I'm here to bridge the gap for women in the outdoors, build a community of adventure junkies, and roll out your weekly dose of positive vibes. With almost two decades in the health and fitness world and an untamable passion for hunting and the outdoors, my mission is to help you live a bucket list life and move boldly in the direction of your dreams. Meet us here weekly as I connect with like-minded men and women to discuss health and mindset, accountability, life and entrepreneurship, as well as all things hunting and epic untold stories. This podcast is brought to you by Wilderness Athlete, high quality supplements for rugged individuals. Wilderness Athlete has been making the best supplements that will give you an edge in the wilderness, the gym, and life for the last 17 years. Head to wildernessathlete.com to see their products and use the code no excuses to save money and support you on your way to your best health. Also brought to you by Baku e-bikes. Baku is building top quality e-bikes, helping you get farther and enjoy the hunt. Find more at baku.com. That's B-A-K-C-O-U.com. You can use the code HerOutdoorJourney to save a few hundred dollars on your new electric bike. Hey friends, welcome back. Today you are in for a treat. We are joined again in this episode by Hannah Markham out of Texas. And this is a returning guest. She was actually one of our very favorites to talk to. Her personality is just so fun. But in this episode, we talk about her recent experience in waterfowl hunting and kind of the ins and outs of what she learned in those first experiences hunting out of a layout blind. Um, She kind of talks about what she wasn't expecting And we also talk about trying to select a guide, whether you are brand new to a species or maybe you just want to go and learn a little bit more from somebody else. Uh, She gives a lot of tips on kind of how to vet that person and find the right uh, experience and guide for you. So this will be a good uh, episode if somebody is really wanting to dive into an area that they're not quite sure how to go about it. Um, She gives a lot of really good tips for finding the right fit. I think this will be a really fun episode. This will be one of two parts with Hannah Markham. Let's go. Well, welcome back to the show. Officially the Soul Summit podcast. The last time you were on here, it was the Her Inspired Journey podcast. And, um, you know, I'm excited to have you on, Hannah. You were just truly a gem to talk to and so much fun and insightful and resourceful for other women. So welcome back to the show, Hannah. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's fun to be here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what's new in your life. And uh, since the last uh, podcast that you were on, kind of what's new? The biggest new thing is that I, uh, a, about a month ago now, I went on my first waterfowl hunt, which was a, a Canadian snow goose hunt, which um, I've never done any waterfowl hunting before. And I'm still, I, relative, I think we did touch on this a little bit, still new shotgun hunter um still not great at it but that's okay because that is how you get better is you just go and you do it <laughs> absolutely and you know what it's it's I'm kind of walking through one of those seasons too where I'm like oh I don't want to do that that's so uncomfortable or there's fear base for me around that and I'm like but just do it because that's how you have those experiences and learn and um I think it's a pretty cool place to be to be in an area where you can try something new and step out of what's comfortable and what's known to you. Oh, for sure. And it really is like, I think that a lot of people, well, I 
have their perception of like, cause I started out bow hunting and I thought that was difficult. And so I had this like preconceived idea that, um, gun hunting is so much easier. Like, yeah, you just, you just point and shoot. I was so, I was wrong. And so it's like starting all over. And part of that is very tough. And there is a big part of me some days. It's like, you know what? I just don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) I know what, I know what to expect at least most of the time with a, with a bow. Um, so maybe I'll just go back to that, but you're absolutely right. There is something, um, there's a lot of growth that happens with pushing, pushing against that thought of like, no, it's too hard. I don't want to do it too, but I'm learning something new and a new way to hunt that would, you know, it helps you in both areas. So if you pick up a bow, you learn something from shooting with a shotgun and vice versa. So it all works together and it all grows you as like a resilient person, which is, you know, a good thing. What have been some of those lessons that you've learned through that season? Oh my gosh. So with the waterfowl hunt, um, I was sitting, laying in a layout blind, which I have never, um, hunted laying down. Like, like, I mean, laying prone is, is different. It's, I would say for me, probably a little bit more comfortable. Um, cause you have like your arms propped up at least, but I was not physically prepared for the movement of like sitting up and like pushing the doors with your arms. Like I just did not have that. Like I didn't train. And if I do it again, I will do things differently to like mimic that movement. Um, and sort of kind of hold, like hold my shotgun in that way and get at least the strength to be able to do that because I didn't have it. (laughs) That's actually something I've never considered before. Yeah. It was was challenging for sure. Like you get, you try to sit up by the time the birds are there. And by the time I had my shotgun up and ready to point everyone else with me had already shot them. And so I'm like, Oh, And that kept happening, (laughs) but that's okay. You know, that's how you learn. And oftentimes I feel like that is the only way that I learn is by going and doing and then seeing it, you know, and then taking it all in and saying, okay, what can I do differently? Because I do try to prepare ahead of time, but I, it never fails. I feel like I prepare for the the wrong, like the thing that I think is going to be the most important thing ends up not being usually, but that's fine. I mean, that's how you learn. Give us an example of that. Oh, so like with the, with the, with the waterfall hunt, I went, we would go to, um, a sporting clay. We went to a sporting clay range to just try to get, you know, to get familiar with, um, for me to get more familiar with shooting into the air, which I'm not familiar with at all. And I didn't do, we didn't practice where I, had my gun, you know, in my hand, not, not aimed at the sky already when you would hit the button to like let the clay fly. So I was already ready, which was not helpful in real life. (laughs) So you practice the, the shooting, the target acquisition, but not from like a a starting, like a true starting position. Yes. Yeah. Which was, it proved to not be that helpful because you're not just like laying there ready for birds to, to be in your line of sight, you know? So, so from that physical component of laying down in that blind, what would you do to train yourself differently to make that process easier? Is it, is it core? Is it a lot more core work and also having a 
either my actual shotgun unloaded in my hand doing that movement or some kind of maybe even heavier weights. Um, and also just like, I think what I would do is take hand weights too and like do the motion of pushing out the doors because they were, when I was hunting, they were frozen. And so they were hard to push out because they like, once you did it a couple times, it got a little bit easier, but they're not, they're not like light um, in terms of like, Oh, it's like less than one pound. No, that was, it was pretty like physically taxing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a movement that you do every day that the muscles are just like ready to, to be able to do it. <laughs> so I would take weights and probably, yeah, do that motion of like opening up the doors from, I don't trying to verbally explain that. Sure. It's difficult. <laughs> yeah. It's almost um, like you have to push up and then extend out, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. Which is usually if you're like, it's like, if you're doing an arm curl, it would be you bringing, you're bringing it up to your shoulder. But yeah, like it's like that around the world, I think is like a movement that it does both of those things. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So are you going to go back and do it some more? Um, I would love to. I would. Yeah. And um, I went, I went with my boyfriend and on the way home, the road trip home, we were already talking about ways that we could get his dad, his uncle, my dad, my brother, like organize something to do it again. And and I, I love that because bringing family into it um, is really how we start. He and I both started. So in um, getting my brother and my dad involved would just be, a, you know, furthering that uh, hunting connection, which is what we all want to do. Yeah, definitely. I feel like waterfowl, and I could be wrong because I haven't done it much, um, maybe six or seven times over the course of my life. My parents love to waterfowl hunt, but kind of leisurely as well. Um, And I just feel like as opposed to some other game animals that you can hunt, it's there's a lot to waterfowl hunting as far as your setup, where you're at, if you're in a boat, if you're using decoys, if you're going to use a blind, if you're going to have a dog, there's a lot of different things as well as then understanding the types of waterfowl you can and can't shoot, what the limits are what, as they're flying past you at 60 miles an hour, right? So talk a little bit about kind of that process. Maybe you, you know, we're with somebody that could educate you, but was that a little overwhelming? Where was that for you? Yeah, I would agree with all of what you just said. And almost it feels like if you are going, which we kind of, I wouldn't say we went into it blind. I mean, we, we knew what to expect in terms of like what it was going to entail. So like decoys and we knew we were going to be laying in a layout blind. We knew we were going to be hunting snow geese, but, um, you, uh, we went with a guide and there would, looking back on it now, there would be no way that we would be able to hunt without that because you need the decoys and there have to be so, so many of them, which is a, you know, like a big expense for someone who doesn't quite know if this is a thing that they want to do. Like, it's like, yeah, I want to try it. I don't know if I'll like it. Um, and then, like you said, you don't have to have a dog, but it really is nice to not have to get up from where you are and like either trudge into a, you know, waist deep water or whatever, um, if you have a dog. And then exactly like you said, the types of bird, like duck goose species, because they all, they fly, which I did not know that they all fly really together. There were, um, where we were, there were speckle belly ducks or maybe geese (laughs) I can't remember um and then snow geese and they were in they were mixed in together in 
the guy just from seeing so high up because they they're so high and he could be like no those aren't those aren't snow geese like if they come down you can't don't do anything um but like and after a day of that of seeing it you're kind of like oh okay i see what i can see what they see but i if i were by myself what I feel confident in knowing, yes, that's absolutely, that's the type of duck that's legal to shoot. Oh, I don't, I do not know if I would feel comfortable with that. Um, and how you get familiar with that or like get confident in that, I guess mm-hmm. is just going, you would have to go with somebody who knows. I would think, I can't think of another way that if you're just getting started, you would be able to see them in the sky and, and, and feel confident that, yes, that's the type of duck that I have a tag for. Can't you? It's the right season all of those things. Um, but on the other hand, I feel like people who are getting into, into want to get into hunting waterfowl on the flip side is a little more, it's so much more social because most of the time you're hunting with at least a handful of other people and you are actually able to have someone sitting next to you saying, okay, they're close enough, shoot, shoot, mm-hmm. like this is what they look like. And they can, in your ear right next to you, teach you in that moment with, when with like bow hunting, whitetail hunting, you don't get, oftentimes if you have a bunch of people, you, that is not a good like success scenario. Right. Because there's more people with more noise and sometimes more opinions, um, which it isn't always a good thing. Like a one-on-one uh, whitetail, mule deer, elk, like those kinds of hunts are great and they're great for their own reasons. But waterfowl, I feel like if you, so, and some people really truly are into waterfowl, fowl hunting because of the camaraderie that comes with it and I can now that I've done it I can I can see why that's so appealing because um being a person who primarily hunts and sits by myself which has its pros and cons um it's it's the experience of being next to people and and being able to talk and it not really make a big big difference and laugh and just like it's just as exhilarating, but in a kind in a very different way. And sure. I, I think that that social aspect makes it maybe a little bit easier for some people to, as their like introductory way of getting into hunting. Is this something that you would recommend for somebody to, that was new to go and do? If you did, would it be with a guide or are there any resources that you've learned through this process that you would recommend somebody go for? Before we hear Hannah's response, I want to talk to you a little bit about water filtration. Sawyer's line of water filtration products offers clean water solutions for any situation. From adventures in your favorite spot to traveling through remote quarters of the world, Sawyer has set the standard for water filtration. These long-lasting, high-performance water filters start at just two ounces, which means you don't have to sacrifice weight in your pack on your off-grid outings. Head to Sawyer.com to see their full lineup of products or visit your local Bass Pro, Cabela's, REI, Shields, or Sportsman's Warehouse. Don't have a store close to you? You can find Sawyer products on Amazon or locate a store near you by heading to Sawyer.com. All right, let's hear what Hannah had to say. Yeah, if you don't know, if you don't know anyone that is experienced in waterfowl hunting and you are interested, I would say, yeah, seek out a guide um, because they have so much knowledge. Like when, like they're for that season, 
out every day, all day, oftentimes. And they've been doing that for years and years. So like, there's no, that's a great opportunity to learn a ton in like, however many days you go with a guide to go waterfowl hunting. Like if it's two days, you're sitting next to that person, use that opportunity to ask questions. And I mean, if you, there's, not a great way of researching and knowing if you're going to get a good guide. Cause even if you go with a, a certain outfitter, there's, you don't know which guide you're going to get that day and you could get a different one each day. But I feel like for the, like, at least in my experience, they are very willing and eager to teach and help you. Um, cause they're there and like, they, they're just laying there like you are, they in to fill the day, you know, answer questions and teach people. I feel sure. like, they're excited to do that. Um, if you, if you know somebody who is trying to, has been trying to get you to waterfowl hunt with them, yeah, take them, take them up on that. Um, my brother actually waterfowl hunts, um, got started with it two, two seasons ago. And now, you know, maybe next season I might ask him like, Hey, can I go with you and your, your friend? Mm-hmm. <laughs> can I tag along? Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't have done prior to the, outfitter like the outfitter being my first experience um now I feel like okay yeah now I know I I know more enough to know um to be able to like go with my brother and not feel necessarily like um a burden or like I don't know what I'm doing or like you know I still don't really know what I'm doing but I know enough to feel like I can go with him and not be like a nag or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You're overthinking it, I think, but I hear what you're saying too. You know, you want to feel like you have enough knowledge or confidence in something to go out there and, and not feel totally out of your element or Mm -hmm. like you are, yeah, just kind of the third wheel poking along. Do you have much experience in choosing guides or hunting with guides? And if so, what has been your process for like vetting that guide to see if they're going to be a good fit for you and kind of align with what you're wanting to achieve? Unfortunately, no, I don't, I don't have a ton of experience with it. Um, this was actually my first guided experience, um, where we actually got through the end to going on the hunt. We, um, there was, I had another hunt booked, in 2020 and it got messed up because of COVID and we never actually got to go. Um, but I would say, you know, ask for sure, ask around, like ask your friends if you like, like if they have gone on a hunt and they've gone on used a guide, absolutely use that resource to say, Hey, how was it? What did you like? What did you not like? Would you recommend it? Would you go back? Um, and like, can't, who did you hunt with? Who did you like? And try to ask for those specific people. Um, but also a lot of, there are a lot of like hunting expos where primarily <laughs> that like, at least in Texas, um, anytime you go to like a hunting expo, that's not like ATA or shot show, there's going to be a lot of outfitters there. Um, and that's a great opportunity to get to talk to a lot of different people and ask questions and get a feel for, for that place and those people. Um, and so, yeah, I would say, you know, that you, there's no better opportunity than to take advantage when you have like 200 in a room to talk to, (laughs) to talk to a whole bunch of them and say, well, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really get a good feeling on, on this place, but, uh, but I really liked this place. So 
So I, that's what I going forward. Cause I've gone to those hunting expos before where it's a lot of outfitters and it, it does feel intimidating, but now that I've done it, I I've experienced it. I feel more comfortable, um, approaching those booths and asking certain questions and, and knowing kind of a little bit more of what to expect. But I actually got really lucky because I got invited on this waterfowl hunt from a friend who had been going like this was her third year in a row organizing it. And so, um, she was very familiar, obviously felt like it was enough so that she's gone back every year and invited different people to try to get them familiar with, with waterfowling. And, um, that's also like a great, was a very easy way for me to get into going on like a guided hunt because I trust her. We're great friends and Mm -hmm. she's taken a bunch of people and they've all had fun. And so there wasn't really anything for me to worry about that way. Having feeling like I was going to have a bad experience with like, not with a guided hunt, which I know unfortunately happens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I hear about that a lot. And just, you know, for me, I, I personally haven't done a guided hunt yet. I might in the future, um, especially if I can't kill a bull elk here soon, I might just pull a plug and see what I'm missing. Um, also it's kind of hard. I think, um, hunting elk solo sometimes for me, that's been my experiences. If I feel like if I had another person, sometimes you can make that happen a little bit easier. Um, my kind of hang up with it is maybe it's kind of like dating to me, right? Like, do you really know the person? Do you really trust the intention? Are they going to follow through? Um, So what are some, and you hear those nightmare stories, right? Of a guide who doesn't uh, do things legally or, you know, might treat women differently or whatever the case may be. And so some of those things kind of um, can put a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth, so to speak you'd mentioned going to that, to, to the shows and walking around the expos, talking to outfitters, which I think is a really good recommendation. Um, there are tons and tons and tons of outfitters. What would be some of those questions? Say, if you're looking to do a waterfowl hunt, like where would you approach, where would you start? And what would those questions be? For sure. Ask like what types of waterfowl like they do and when you know when is if you know nothing you know when are those seasons and and uh I would go into it with a little bit of like an idea of what you want to do so like I I also which I have not done yet but I am interested in a sand hill crane hunt so I'll just use this as an example because if I were going to do that I would probably need to go with an outfitter because I don't have anywhere or know anyone who would let me just like go sit on their property where when sand hill cranes happen to be there. Um, because I, I don't know, I don't have enough knowledge to know what's the, like where the they, um, migrate the migration paths and things like that. Um, and so you could potentially do your own research in terms of migration paths and like what it looks like that year, but you could also go and ask, um, that outfitter, Hey, like how, how is the migration path looking this year? I am, but I would also be like, they might have, they might not tell you the full truth. If like, it's not looking great in the areas that they, (laughs) that they're, that they're out, that they outfit in. Um, but yeah, I would, I would ask, um, how, you know, all the basic questions, how much like is, lodging and walk me through from like beginning to end what like I show up what happened like take me from the morning to the evening like what do we need to do 
to be prepared? How do we contact you? Um, what's your, you know, contact preference and then take that, like, you know, at the, at the show expo, whatever. Um, and then maybe narrow down if you talk to five, narrow it down to three and follow up with them. And then I would say how, like, see how responsive they are to you. If you email them or send them something, a DM on Instagram, which I know people do. Um, and it is become like a common form of communication, but I would, I would email them or call them and see how responsive they are to you. And then take that from there because if they're kind of wishy-washy, um, and not like, I would take that as like a red flag that like, Oh, they don't really, mm-hmm. like, they don't really aren't super responsive to me. They're not, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm getting good answers to their questions. And then maybe I would move on to the next and, and then just find one that you feel comfortable with. And they've done a great job of communicating things to you. If they're really responsive, um, those would be things that I would say like, okay, I feel comfortable moving forward. And of course, always trust your gut. If something doesn't feel right, you don't have to follow through with it. There's tons of guides out there, out guides, outfitters, whatever out there. Um, but I, I also, going back to talking about how I want to do a Sandhill Crane hunt, I don't, I would have to go um, and do it with a guide or an outfitter. The way that I am probably going to approach it in the future is um, I'll seek out the, the women's groups that organize those hunts for different women. Um, because again, I just feel like they have been doing like a lot of these places. Like I know some new ones. Um, one of their, their names on Instagram is untamed. And then in Texas, it there's, it's Texas women outdoors. And they're the two that I have my eye on just because they organize hunts in Texas, which is like not a, there's not a big commitment for me to be able to go do something on a weekend and come back and it not interfere too much, um, with my work schedule and things like that. Um, but I've been following them, following along, watching, reading, you know, comments I'm joined, I've joined their like private Facebook groups. And so like before I have ever even talk to them or like actually given a ton of like indication that I'm interested in doing this type of thing. I guess I am actually doing my research in that way um, to see that it like the way that they're doing things, if that aligns with my, you know, my values and the way that I want to hunt and the way that I feel about hunting, um, which I didn't really like, I'm glad that, you know, in a roundabout way we got, we got there and made me think about, Oh, I'm actually, I actually am doing my own research in a very non-committal way by just like following along, watching, reading, um, and, and staying engaged with those, those pages. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that's actually probably the best tip. <laughs> well, and there are so many different organizations, nonprofits, you know, all kinds of things going on that I feel like are helping to facilitate and kind of educate in some of those areas regarding, you know, a new species or going with a guide or, you know, just even new experiences. Um, You know, there's a lot of space created right now for people to go out and try new things as a first timer, which is beautiful. I absolutely love that all of these are happening. Um, I think it's been 
well overdue. And some of these have been going on for for quite a while, but many of them are really just kind of popping out of the woodwork. So some of those, if you're following along, yeah, if you want to hunt waterfowl, follow the waterfowl pages. If you want to, you know, do an elk hunt, follow some of these bigger, you know, big game groups. Um, but that does seem like a very solid way to start seeing and, and making, maybe forming your own opinions on what those things look like. Um, I'm somebody who, if I did go with a guide, I just want the education. You know, I'm one of those people that's like got a million questions about the entire process of the whole thing. And there are some guides that, that I've heard that just aren't real. They're there to help you get something, but not really help, there to help teach and mentor. Um, but there are also a ton of guides who I think really do just enjoy what they do, the species that they're after, and want to help educate people on how to become more efficient hunters. Yeah, and I and to your point, I think that that's a great question to ask the outfitter. Like if you're if you show up and you're and they're trying to place you with a guide, make sure to tell them like I I really want to learn a lot and I want to be able to ask questions and and like if at the end of the trip I didn't end up with the animal that I came for, at least I'm walking away knowing so much more than I did before. And I think that if you, I would, I would hope, you know, that if you tell that outfitter that like, try to place me with someone like they would be able to do that. Absolutely. There's different, different people for different people and the way that they, they want to hunt. Some people just like, Hey, I paid for this and I like, I should, I want to get it. And, uh, I'm not necessarily that kind of person. I would absolutely want to be able to, to learn how to make myself more successful in the future. In addition to getting an animal, that would be the best case scenario. (laughs) But you know, if that didn't happen, at least learning, learning more, um, and building my skills that way can make you feel like you walked away with something that was worth it. Definitely. Definitely. Once again, thank you for tuning into the show. We hope that your cup is full and you're ready to embrace your untamable vibe. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a favor? Help us grow our audience by sharing your favorite episode on social media, sending the episode to a friend and leaving us a review online. We love to hear from you. One more thing, be sure to press that subscribe button and never miss a weekly episode. See you next week.